CBS Petersburg. This is SportsCenter. Hello there, I'm Mark Robbins. Among the wins and upsets on Friday's action in the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, West Virginia defeated Moorhead State 84-67. Bob Huggins picking up his 900th career coaching victory, and afterward, he credited his team's defense as the biggest key. I thought it's probably as as well as we've played in, for, in, in pressure defense. I think we've played as well or better sometimes when we were playing a matchup, but I thought from a man-to-man standpoint, I yeah, I thought I thought that's probably as well as we played. Yeah, as well as they played, indeed. In the NBA Friday, the Pacers drilled the Heat 137-110. TJ McConnell with 16 points, 15 assists in Portland, knocked off Dallas. 125, 119, C.J. McCollum with 32. Dame Lillard had 31. Golden State without Steph Curry beat Memphis. Curry didn't doesn't expect to play tonight in the rematch either due to a tailbone contusion he suffered Wednesday night. In the NFL, the Seahawks re-signed running back Chris Carson. The Texans will sign free agent running back Philip Lindsay to a one-year deal. That's from Adam Schefter. On the PGA Tour, Aaron Wise has a three-shot lead after two rounds of the Honda Classic. Wise is 12 under par. Matt Jones and Brendan Hagee tied for second. They're both nine under par. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, it's Starry and Mel. Coming up Monday, the NBA trade deadline is getting closer and closer by the second. So I'll tell you which teams have to make a move and which stars are about to change their future. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on Monday morning on ESPN Radio. Hey, Richmond, it's Mike Greenberg, and I'm back, and I'm better than ever. And whether you're... It's Mandaloon, Mandaloon, Proxy and Midnight Bourbon with the Rongeloo. It's Mandaloon, and Mandaloon wins the Risen Star Stakes. We're off to the races, powered by The Racing Biz, your independent voice for racing and breeding in the Mid-Atlantic. On the web at theracingbiz.com. On the radio, on ESPN Richmond, it's off to the races. Here's Nick Hahn. What do you say, Al? I knew this guy could sing. I didn't know he could whistle. need those horns this morning after watching late night bracket the NCAA tournament last night. The games ran a little bit late. Little Satchmo and Fats Domino bringing us into Off to the Races. How about that sound for Saturday morning? Got a big day. It's Louisiana Derby Day down at the fairgrounds. And we'll go there this morning and speak with trainer Michael Stidham as the triumphant, as I refer to him, John Dooley, with the call at the very beginning of the show there of the Risen Star, the triumphant return. That's Proxy. That's Midnight Bourbon, and that's Mandaloon. Those three have been running one, two, three on the fairgrounds uh, dirt uh, down in New Orleans, and they reunite today in the $1 million Louisiana Derby. We'll have Michael Stidham here in about 10 minutes. Also, we'll have Daryl Wood. He'll bring us an update on what's happening on Virginia Racing. Kind of a significant achievement. We'll talk about divine intervention on the show with Daryl Wood here just around the corner. Our Features with Frank segment will have Grace Merriman. You may not know the first name. I'm pretty sure if you follow Mid-Atlantic Racing, you know the last name very well. And, of course, Derby Bill full slate of racing 14 on the card at the fairgrounds so derby bill is uh, going to join us with some handicapping and figure out exactly uh you know what our choices our reasonable choices should be as we head to the window but we're only 42 days away from the kentucky derby 
inside six weeks, there are only eight U.S. races left on the Kentucky Kentucky Derby uh, prep season. The point standings uh, that's currently led by greatest honor. I did a little bit of research on this this morning, trying to figure out where the break line could really be. And you can't really count last year because they had to extend the season with the Derby being run in the fall uh, due to COVID. So uh, last year, we're just going to draw a line through that in terms of the points that are needed. But going back to 2019, 40 points is what it took to get you into the Kentucky Derby. It also was the same in 2017. However, in 2018, 22 was enough. Blended citizens slipped into the Kentucky Derby field with only 22 points. So uh, with those eight races left, um, big week next week as well with the Florida Derby and the racing in Dubai uh, as well. Well, looking looking forward to to that show as well. But, uh, you know, 40 points is what you need. And, and Proxy, who is Michael Stidham's horse today in the uh, Louisiana Derby, has 24 points. Greatest honor leads them all with 60 but one of the races we wanted to talk about was last week at Oakland Park of this was a race that historically has been dominated by Bob Baffert. He just loves bringing those horses east uh, and, and racing them at Oakland. He's had a lot of success there. Uh, the favorite in the field, however, was Caddo River. Uh, Caddo River being the one horse um, was trained by Brad, Brad Cox and was the favorite as they went off uh, in the uh, in the Rebel Stakes, which was a major prep, a, a grade two, uh, a million dollar prep, uh, grade two. How's that? It's almost like that should be boosted up to, to being a grade one, a million dollars in purse money there in, a, in the history of that race. But um, Baffert had two horses in this field, Concert Tour and Hosier. Uh, there was also Steve Asmussen that had Big Lake and Superstock. But um, the Rebel, as it turns out, wasn't all that exciting as Vic Stoffer gives us the call of last week's Rebel Stakes. Top of the stretch, Concert Tour is the leader. He's a quarter mile from a rebel victory, and he leads by a length from Caddo River in second. To the outside, keep me in mind. Then get her number, final furlong, and Concert Tour is now four lengths in front, and Concert Tour is running them off their feet in the rebel. Concert Tour, five lengths in front. Hosier might get second. Eight rebels for Baffert Concert Tour. Wow. Run. Yeah, it, it, even Vic Stoffer was looking for words at the end of that race. Uh, the track announcer there at Oakland Park, an impressive win. Baffert runs one, two. If he liked Oakland Park before, he loves it now. And uh, Joel Rosario with that, with the ride there, uh, went off as a second choice, five dollars and forty cents uh, for your two dollar win ticket there, and uh, it was. As the trainers finished, it was Baffert, Baffert one two. It was Asmussen three and 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 four in this race. So kind of interesting there for the favorite Caddo River uh, with Giroux, uh, Florent Giroux actually finished fifth in that race. So uh, concert tour obviously next start. Um, <laughs> will likely be in the Arkansas Derby and he's sitting there with 50 points now fourth in the Kentucky Derby standings behind greatest honor life is good mandaloon running today in the Louisiana Derby with 52 points um uh, helium has 50 points Wayburn uh, Trevor McCarthy uh, joined us on the show last week to talk about uh, his Gotham win he'll be running in the wood he also has uh, 50 points there sitting in sixth place so a couple proxies sitting there with 24 certainly looking forward to him moving up so uh, that was the recap for last week's uh, feature race, and I'm going to reach out here to Daryl Wood, who has been doing a little bit of the dog jogs here on Saturday morning, but we'll see if he has some air left over to talk a little bit about racing in Virginia. And Daryl, uh, thanks for joining us on Off to the Races this morning. Uh, good morning. Morning, Nick. Uh, it was great to uh, be part of a million-dollar derby prep day, so I'm sure that the uh Later on, we're going to get some uh, good choices from Mr. Watson. 
yeah, looking forward to to getting his thoughts on that race. And just these three have just been battling it. It's just been fun to watch that because there's been so much dominance. And this derby field really looks like it's uh, – hopefully it stays intact uh, because it, it could really be an exceptional derby. Um, wanted to, to kind of touch on a story that's on the vabread.org website that came up uh, – <laughs> You know, divine intervention is um, has become a special horse, uh, winning twice in seven days uh, in late February and early March, both at uh, at Laurel Park. Uh, this is an eight-year-old Malibu Moon Gelding um, making his 50th start late in his career, just having all kinds of success. Seems like he's just having all kinds of fun out here, out there. Uh, you know, tell us maybe a little bit about Divine Intervention. Yeah, uh, actually, Divine Intervention, but uh, like you said, oh, eight-year-old. Yeah. Uh, I thought yeah, that was his, a misprint. Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> his bank is his bank rolls up and. Uh, probably over three hundred thousand dollars right now, and not in front of my computer. But uh, you know, there's a that's an eight year old. There's another, um, I believe, nine or ten year old named Rockport. Rockport has won twelve races in the last two years as a, a seven and eight year old, and he's nine years old this year. So there's a couple older Virginia breads hanging on, doing well, and just panning their their six digit bankrolls even further. So great to see. Yeah, you can catch all that on babrad.org, uh, doing a great job there updating that. And, of course, we got two Virginia owners headed to, towards uh, Dubai next week. They race in Dubai. We'll be racing, actually, while we're on the air next week with uh, with Extravagant Kid uh, headed there uh, for uh, – um, David Ross, you know, lead, per, leading perennial owner there, David Ross. So, um, and and of course, uh, True Valor, uh, also there, you know, heading there for a perennial, um, you know, a, a leading owner and breeder in Virginia, Larry Reynolds. Uh, what's news on on the Virginia front? Well, like you said, that's that's a big deal next Saturday morning to be able to uh, uh, have a million dollar Grade One race in Dubai. I believe it's called the Al. Q-U-O-Z, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, but it's, uh, I believe, six, yeah, six furlongs on the sprint, and it's straight. So that'll be really interesting. And then, uh, you know, the Dubai World Cup is uh, at 12.15. So uh, great news. Uh, David Ross, the owner of Extravagant Kid, uh, sent a video of, of both horses actually boarding a plane here. I believe it was Monday or Tuesday. And he's really excited about his chances. He's got a really good a rider that he's quite happy with that's got experience over there so um maybe extravagant kid who's a virginia not a virginia bred he's virginia owned kentucky bred his uh he's earned over a million dollars so uh that might be something to look at come next saturday uh true valor uh half million dollar bankroll and uh looking to see uh you know hopefully good news for both uh, virginia owners next saturday Yep, uh, we'll certainly be tracking that this week, and, and good luck to to those interests uh, racing in Dubai. Um, we've you know racing. What's up? What's next on the Virginia front in terms of, of racing and, and news, and you know maybe a little bit of a, a slowdown, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> With with you know some of the alternative gaming that that has come up with the casinos and and you know maybe finally a lull after what's been a busy spring. Yeah, it has been a busy spring. Today uh, we'll we'll cut to the live races uh, this afternoon out in uh, Upperville, Virginia. It's the Piedmont Point to Point, so that's going to be the second uh, steeplechase uh, day of the season. And next Saturday they're back in Warrington. So every Saturday up in Northern Virginia, there's been. Uh, steeplechase and flat racing, which is great to see. Uh, tickets for the Colonial Down summer season went on sale this past week, believe it or not, uh, really early, uh, even before the governor loosened restrictions even more. So if folks want to get tickets for the Virginia Derby, whether it be a Sky Suite seat, whether it be in the dining room on the third floor, uh, box seat, uh, ColonialDowns.com, tickets are on sale for every single performance this summer. So that's great news. And then on the alternative gaming front, yeah, we saw this yesterday uh, from the governor that's uh, a number of those, uh, I guess they, they're called gray machines that appear in 7-Elevens and bars and restaurants, might might see their income uh, July 1st this coming year. So, um, you know, all things are good. Rosie's is doing great business, was up at the Dumfries 
the new Dumfries location earlier in the week, and that place is doing great. So, really, everything Virginia racing-wise is in a positive swing right now. Yeah, that's good to as gather some momentum heading into the meet in uh, 2021. 20, uh, and uh, we heard from Trevor McCarthy last week that he's looking to point toward that meet. So uh, hopefully a big bounce out, uh, off of 2020. Um, you know, we can we can gain some traction here. Well, Daryl, thanks for joining us on Off to the Races this morning. And good luck. When did the dog jog happen? Was it was it uh, is this before <laughs> or after? Are you, are you lacing up your shoes or are you, uh, you know, reaching for the ointment right? Right now, yeah, done, done already, and going to get some uh, some ointment. So, um, coffee and ointment <laughs> is the is the cure. <laughs> yeah, a little lanocaine, perhaps. <laughs> Great. Well, Daryl, thanks for joining us on Off to the Races. Uh, you won't be able to run at many racetracks, but uh, with the lanocaine, perhaps you can keep running around the fan there. <laughs> we appreciate that. Daryl Wood joining us on uh, Off to the Races this morning. Now, we're going to reach out here for Michael Stidham here, just around the corner here. Uh, he has been the leading trainer at Colonial Downs in, tw- in 2019 and um, has Proxy, who is just a horse, to me, just seems to be improving. And I think a key to this race, we'll ask Michael here in moments about this, is uh, the Louisiana Derby is a 16th further uh, than the Risen Star. And and this is a horse that seems to be running, I don't know if he's running best, if he's in, getting into the margin. Uh, a little bit of an equipment change is in the in the works for uh, today's outing so you know we'll see how that makes a a difference here but um, just to kind of we want to run this replay here of uh, the risen star John Dooley has has this call because it features what I've been calling the Cajun triumphant as these three horses have finished one two three let's just before we talk to Mike Stidham let's get a quick listen to the risen star it's Mandaloon, Mandaloon, proxy a midnight bourbon with Florent Giroux. It's Mandaloon, and Mandaloon wins the Risen Star Stakes. Yeah, uh, Mandaloon got the win there earlier in the Lecompte. It was Midnight Bourbon, but right there has been Proxy. And a horse, I think that's a little bit under the radar as we bring in Michael Stidham, uh, who joins us now on Off to the Races. And we appreciate him spending his his busy days. Not only does he have uh, Proxy in the Louisiana Derby, but he also has Roadster Roadster and Pixelate running on, on two stakes races just before the Louisiana Derby. So he'll have a busy late afternoon and he joins us now on off to the races good morning michael stidham we appreciate you spending some time with us this morning absolutely well good morning and um thanks for having me on michael stidham was actually going to be the our first guest of the season but we didn't have our first show due to the ice storm back in mid-february so uh, we're glad that he came back on uh, we can have him on here and and talk a little bit about uh racing at the fairgrounds uh, you know with proxy and and these two other foes and the rivalry that is emerging and and will take place today uh, i mean i know you got to look at the whole field and it, it's a field of eight uh there's some other horses that can you know hot rod charlie is coming in from uh, santa anita but you know tell us a little bit about the race and and maybe just the the rivalry that has developed between these three sure well First of all, you know, the fairgrounds has been my home, my winter home base for about the last 25 years. So we're always excited about uh, having a big meet here and then especially having a contender in the Louisiana Derby. So that's really exciting in itself. But um, these three horses, the Proxy, uh, Mandaloon, and Midnight Bourbon, you know, this is going to be their third matchup. They, we've all taken turns beating one another um, and you know now we're coming down to crunch time because you know for these three horses uh, most likely this will be the last prep going into the derby and you know we're all hoping to have you know strong healthy horses going into the, to the derby so it's a big race um, it's the longest uh race of all the derby preps going a mile and three sixteenths. They just changed that over the last two years. But um you know it's a good matchup. 
Um, I don't think there's a lot between these horses. And then when you throw in um, Hot Rod Charlie coming in from California, who he's been competitive out there with some really good horses. He only got beat three-quarters of a length in the a Breeders' Cup Juvenile to uh, Essential Quality, who was the champion. So he's he's another solid horse. Um, I think it's going to be a great matchup. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a rider's race. And uh, I'm lucky to have a Hall of Famer, uh, Johnny Velasquez, on my horse. So um, we're ready to go, and um, it's going to be a good one. That you went exactly where uh, where I was going to go with Johnny Velasquez. He's this is his second time up uh, after he rode him to second place finish in the Risen Star. Do you uh, do you get feedback from the? I was going to ask you about that. Do you get feedback uh, after that? You know what feedback do you take, and what's what do you hope will change the tide for Proxy? Uh, you know, from from bridesmaid to bride here, so to speak, in terms of of getting into that winter circle. Uh, you know, what what kind of what has to happen different, or is it maybe just that the sixteenth is enough to to uh, you know that works into his favor? Well, I'll, I'll tell you the words out of uh, Velasquez's uh, mouth right after he got off a of proxy the first time he rode him in the Risen Star. He said, "Mike, at passing the half mile pole." I was in perfect position laying third, and he said all of a sudden the horse just kind of dropped a bit, and I had to start getting after him early to get him back into the race, and he did respond to me, but he says I have no idea why he suddenly dropped the bit and started to drop back. And um, at that point, I had already been thinking about possible blinkers down the road because he had done some Proxy had done some little erratic things, you know, shying away from horses. And uh, in in one of his allowance races, he uh, shied away from the, the left-handed stick some. So those were all reasons for me to start thinking possible blinkers. But I didn't want to make a change because the horse had won two in a row and then ran a beautiful second in the LeCompte. So I figured, well, let's just wait, see if he learns, figures it out on his own. But when Johnny told me, he says, if I hadn't have dropped back at that point, I think I could have won the race. So at that point, I said, you know, it, it's time to get serious. And uh, that's when the blinkers went on in the morning. And he's had three really solid works with the blinkers on. What what do blinkers do to enhance performance of, of a horse? Um, you know, what... What what is the advantage you know in terms of of you know adding that equipment uh, the strategy behind it? So remember, you you got to understand with horses, you know they have that uh, fright and flight uh, mechanism you know built into them from you know centuries, and they they have very very good vision behind them and to the side of them. And when you get a young horse like this that doesn't have a lot of experience and being a tappet, tappets can be a little bit quirky, um, sometimes those horses will start paying attention to more of what's going on around them, behind them and beside them, than they are about what's going straight ahead, which is where you want them to be going. And um, by putting blinkers on, you're taking away you know, some of that peripheral and rear vision and you're making them focus more on what's straight ahead and they're not getting distracted by, you know, a horse next to them or the jockey's whip or whatever. So that's what the blinkers will do. They'll, they'll just focus the horse a little more. Yeah, I've, I've really grown to like this horse. Uh, I like the way, uh, you know, just the way he performs, especially late in the race. So, uh, you know, hopefully that'll make the difference today. I was kind of surprised in some of the early Kentucky Derby future pools. He didn't have his own position. He was basically included in the field. He, I did get down on him in, in the last pool, and I think I, I, I never – went back to look at the final odds but i was surprised it was 25 to 1 45 to 1 i think mm-hmm. is what he might have finished at so i'm, I'm happy with with that because uh, i really like his chances yeah. what, 
want to talk a little bit about the stakes races before that uh, in the um, turf race uh, the the Muniz Mem- uh, Memorial Classic you have uh, Pixelate uh, in this field a, a deep field here of 12 horses 12 horses in that in the 12 12th race at the fairgrounds uh, tell us a little bit about Pixelate well I mean Pixelate's one of those hard knocking goes out there and tries hard every single race um, he was only beaten three lengths in the uh, in the Pegasus Turf at Gulfstream, which was a Grade One race. Um, he was also only beaten a few lengths when we ran him in the Belmont Derby. Um, and then, you know, when he's run against slightly softer company, he's you know he's only been off the board three times in fifteen starts. So, you know, we think we're in a good spot with. Uh, uh, with Pixelate, he he did draw an outside post position, the twelve, which isn't helpful. But I think he's got enough tactical speed where he can use him a little bit just to get over going into that first turn. There's a long run going into the first turn, get over and save some ground going around the first turn. And you know, I think he's a, a, a very live uh, horse in the race uh, because just because of his style, he, he just runs hard every single time. The New Orleans Classic uh, run right before that race. You have Roadster, uh, who's three to one, and Velasquez gets the mount there. This is a race that has Owendale as the fi- favorite, nine to five, uh, uh, the the two horse, and then a Virginia Brad Chess Chief uh, is going to give it a try here as as uh, six to one in the morning line. But but Roadster here, I mean, this is this is a horse that has been tested, has been around some really nice company, a quality road. Uh, tell us a little bit about his chances coming out of uh, coming off the rail in the New Orleans Classic. Well. Um the the reason I wound up with Roadster in my barn is I trained for Speedway Stable along with Baffert. Uh, Baffert has always had this horse since his the beginning of his career, and uh, they started uh, after it, he had a year off uh, because of feet problems with quarter cracks. They gave him the, the time off. They just decided the owners decided that they thought there were there were some better options being the Midwest and the East Coast where I go for the summer. I stable at Fairhill, so I run uh, you know in New York and and up and down the East Coast. So they just felt like there's a lot more opportunities than just being isolated on the on the West Coast. And with him being a Grade One winner as a three year old, uh, Grade One placed as a four year old in in the Malibu. Um, if he could, you know, do some more uh, grade one, grade two wins, he has the potential to be a, a stallion. So that's how he wound up with me. Um, physically, the horse is doing really well right now. His feet are in perfect condition, and uh, he's trained very well going into the race. So I think we're live in here also. Uh, mentioned uh, uh, on the East Coast, uh, Colonial Downs has their book uh, out now and stakes out. At, you know, we talked to Darrell Wood actually selling tickets, so uh, you know, getting mobilized for their 2021 meet. Certainly disappointing in 2020 uh, with uh, the meet having been to be cut short for various reasons. Uh, looking forward to, to 2021. Any any uh, thoughts about Colonial this summer and and you know preparations? Uh, it's still a little bit of, of a ways off. You have to get through this afternoon and many others. But uh, you know, any, any thoughts about your summer uh, in Virginia? Well, uh, to be honest with you, we were at Colonial Downs stable there last year when uh, they had to cancel the meet due to COVID. It was a big disappointment because we we were stacked up with. Uh, several stake horses um, and lots of runners for that meet so we were disappointed to have to leave but uh, we will definitely be back there this year Um, I haven't necessarily looked at any races for Roadster there but we will definitely be represented um, in in several of the stakes and we'll have a lot of runners at Colonial yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, leading owner and or leading trainer rather in 2019. So uh, yeah, looking for that bounce back. And I guess 2020 for that fact is as short as the meet yeah. was. But uh, well, um, look. I I trained for D- David Ross, and David is a big uh, 
a big fan and and he's actually involved uh, a little bit at Colonial Downs um, and he just he absolutely loves to race his horses at Colonial so we we actually focus on that meet you know quite a bit one quick note uh, before we let you go here, I, just kind of a question as I did a little bit of research, I, I came across a quarter horse, uh, a New Mexico bred that was named Stidham, and I'm just kind of curious if you're aware of that horse or if, uh, is, is that coincidence or do, are you, you know, is that horse actually uh, named for you? No, no, it's, it's a coincidence. Um, there is actually a really good horse trailer uh, out there, and the brand name of that trailer is Stidham. So uh, I see. it could it could be coming from from that you know brand name of a of a good horse trailer, but it has no uh, association with me. Yeah, your name was everywhere on the internet this morning. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, had to ask. Well, Mike, we appreciate you spending some time with us this morning, and and good luck Absolutely. today with Proxy in the Louisiana Derby. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate that. Great. Michael Stidham joining us from New Orleans at the fairgrounds this morning. We we appreciate that. We're going to go to break here on Off to the Races. On the other side, we'll have our Features with Frank segment. Uh, he'll be talking to Grace Merriman. And, of course, Derby Bill, a little bit later in the show, we'll see if you know, what he thinks about that Cajun triumphant of proxy and uh, Midnight Bourbon and Mandaloon. You're listening to Off to the Races. I'm your host, Nick Hahn. See you on the other side of the break. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that when something belongs to you, you'll work to make it the best it can be. That's why every OMF employee is also an owner. From the factory to the sales floor to the delivery team, being an owner means that we take pride in all that we do. Each of our employee owners has a customer-first focus to provide not only a better mattress, but a better mattress shopping experience. Visit a location near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Westwood One presents Great Moments in Tournament History. A hunter sends the bears back into hibernation. How Georgia State knocked out Baylor after this. Before you move in and start making a lifetime of memories, there's something you should remember. The value of working with a realtor. A realtor is more than an expert in the field who abides by a code of ethics. A realtor is your neighbor and your ally. Someone who puts your agenda ahead of theirs. Someone who understands your dreams and has the expertise to make them a reality. Finding the right place starts with you and a realtor and the doors we open together. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. When the forgotten poor are in need of healing, they wait for a ship unlike any other. Mercy Ships, a floating hospital staffed by volunteers, heroes of mercy who donate their time to save lives. Every human has the right to have a place at the table of the human race. If you could just see the smiles that you get when lives have been changed, then it would make it all worth it. To learn more about Heroes of Mercy, go to mercyships.org. March 19, 2015. Few gave 14th seed of Georgia State much of a chance when they took to the court versus number three Baylor. And when they trailed by double digits with just under two minutes to play, those chances looked even slimmer. But a furious Panther rally set the stage for the kill. Hunter gives it to Shipes, back to Hunter for three. Good! 2.6 to play. Georgia State takes a one-point lead. The shot knocked Ron Hunter right off his R.J. Hunter's dramatic shot gave Georgia State the stunning win and caused his dad and head coach Ron to fall off the rolling chair he'd been using to patrol the sideline after tearing his Achilles tendon, celebrating his team's victory to get into the big dance. With another great moment in tournament history, I'm Kevin Kugler. The Wendy's restaurant in your area has issued a major bag alert. The Bacon Double Stack is back in the biggie bag with fries, nugs, and a drink, all for just five bucks. The following are to be expected. Joy, disbelief, inability to think about anything else. This deal is effective immediately, and it's only at Wendy's. Biggie bag includes four-piece nuggets.
limited small fry and small drink. U.S. price and participation may vary. The weather's nice and you're thinking, I've had it up to here with being cooped up in the house. Then get yourself out and take us along. If you've got your phone, you've got us. Listen to our live stream at ESPNRichmond.com. I can say anything. That's Eli Cook taking us out of break. Uh, talented musician here in Charlottesville. We love playing local music, uh, Virginia-based music on Off to the Races. So uh, might try and work that in in future shows here. And we're joined with Frank Vespi for our Features with Frank segment. And this is uh, one that is going to be one of the better comeback stories of uh, the Mid-Atlantic. Um, and uh, Frank will give us the story here. He has Grace Merriman aboard uh, Anchor and Hope Farm uh, coming back after a little bit of a, a setback in 2019. Frank, uh, anxious to hear about this story and uh, take it away. All right, Nick. Thank you. It is quite a tale going to be joined here in a second by grace merriman if you're looking for the most exciting roster of young stallions in the mid-atlantic region you you a pretty good place to start is going to be anchor and hope farm in port deposit maryland and and grace and her uh husband lewis are the operators of anchor and hope and uh I want to start with this, Grace. In August 2019, you guys have an absolutely devastating barn fire. Could have been a complete disaster. Fortunately, quick action by your, your forewoman saved all the horses. No, no loss of human or equine life, but the barn was destroyed. Just a little over a year later, you're watching a son of imagining one of your stallions win the Maryland Million Classic. What's going through your head when that's happening? Good morning, Frank. Thank you for such a nice introduction. Happy to be here. Um, We had several horses that shortly after the fire just came out running. Um, I think within a couple days of the fire, Bourbon Courage had his son Stone Courageous went on debut, and that was just such a perk for us. Um, His other son, Raging Whiskey, won a stake um, not too long after. But just to have imagining particularly affected by the fire, and then Monday morning quarterback come out and represent him, um, particularly in the classic home turf against older horses, Kentucky Sire, that were already graded winners or graded placed. It was just such a cool moment for us, um, you know, and it would have been for any of our stallions, but certainly for imagining, you know, he still has some scars on his back from the fire, and we're reminded of that every day. So for him to have continued success at the racetrack is a, a really nice confirmation for us. Now, uh, let's start. Let's talk about imagining for a moment here. He, um, as a racehorse, he was a grade one winner, but he really didn't hit his best stride until he was about six as a runner. Are you guys surprised that he's having the kind of early success he's been having so far? No, is the short answer. Um, I think there are a couple things that factor into that. A, he is the exception to a dirt speed family. There's 20-plus graded winners under the first three dams in his pedigree, and all of the first three dams are also graded winners. And I think that with Suge training him and the Phipps owning him, that they had nothing to prove. They weren't out to, you know, go gung-ho, and it's a testament to their training and their ownership that they let the horse just kind of come into himself. Um, he's a very big horse, and he continued to grow um, at an early age. And Suge just kind of let him develop how he wanted to and found his niche, and he got his grade one win. So when you factor in the rest of his pedigree and just kind of the owner-trainer connections, it does not surprise me that he is having uh, a high success rate with his two-year-olds. You've got two stallions right now that have horses on the ground, imagining as one, Bourbon Courage, the other. Both of them have stakes winners that are also graded stakes place. Now, Bourbon Courage, you said something interesting to me the other day. You said that what really sold you on wanting him as part of your roster 
was the races that he didn't win when he was on the racetrack because he showed so much grit. And, and I wonder if you would talk about that and talk about how that, uh, that quality of his is translating over to his progeny. Certainly. So when he was first presented to us, we really liked him and we kind of kept coming back to him and we started to watch his races and analyze his numbers a little bit. And particularly on his ragazins, he's running three minuses and not winning the race. And you read the charts and he's getting pushed back or pinched or cut off or had to check and check again. And he never quit. Um, and that's just such an attribute to pass on to his racing progeny. And we see that in them. They're tenacious. We get feedback about it all the time that they're winning. They're not winning cheap and they try every time. So in the Breeders' Cup sprint, he was dead last, 14th out of 14th, eight wide on the turn, and he motored home. There's a really fun race call where it says, Bourbon Courage flying down the middle of the track. And we watch that race from time to time, and we just get such a kick out of it. You just see him trying, and he is, he is booking it. I think he ran about a second faster than the winner of that race in the final quarter mile. So really impressive stuff. And if he had gotten some of those grade one wins, we wouldn't be talking about him right now. He'd be in Kentucky. So it was his bad racing luck that allowed us to get the horse. And we're just over the moon to have a race horse of that caliber. And he's stamping his folds with his best attributes. Talking with Grace Merriman here of Anchor and Hope Farm in Port Deposit, Maryland. You also have three stallions who who don't yet have U.S. runners. Um, let's talk about. Uh, let's start with editorial. He he's got a kind of an interesting story behind him, and he's got all kinds of sire power in his background. Definitely. So Climax Stallions owns editorial, and they are gung ho on the horse. He is fully supported by them, and they know, you know, he wasn't here last year, and maybe he got stuck in Peru, and it's just kind of a series of unfortunate events for him and his stallion career, but they brought him back anyway because they believe in his two-year-olds. They love what they have. We have mares on the farm for him, and there's not much to dislike about the horse. He's a warfront half to Uncle Mo. What more could you ask for? Um, he's also incredibly classy. He's an easy horse to be around, and we've enjoyed having him here. Editorial new on the roster this year. Uh, a horse who, who who you have who kind of, you know, in a way could be the now horse given where uh, U.S. racing is moving on medication issues is uh is long river whose oldest are are i think yearlings they're not on the track yet but they're coming talk about long river for me absolutely so he is the last group one winning ap indy to retire which is just a neat thing you know in and of itself to have and he's out of breeders cup this staff winner round pond and he won his grade one in Dubai, Lasix free. He's grade one placed in the U.S. He has a 107 buyer, a 124 Equibase speed figure, which is the highest of any stallion in Maryland. And when you combine his racing record with his speed figures, with his pedigree, with his medication-free record, it's just, he's kind of a no-brainer for us. And we see it in his kids. I have been able to sell all his kids off the farm here, which historically I can never move yearlings privately off the farm, but I'm moving them with no problems. And people that know about the horse love him. Yeah, and he, he is, I, I mean, he's kind of historic. I mean, uh, you know, exactly. in the set, as being the last AP Indy grade one winner and, and also out of a, a Breeders' Cup winner, which uh, is nothing to sneeze at. But for but folks who don't know, AP Indy is one of the very, very small group of kind of breed-defining stallions over the last 30 years or so. So pretty, uh, pretty consequential kind of horse to have on the farm. And finally, you got Holy Boss, who really was a rocket ship bullet fast i mean like unbelievable multiple opening fractions of 21 and change and we always joke that they retired him because he started running 108 instead of 107 (laughs) (laughs) hate it when they slow down like that don't you exactly um 
Now, Grace, one last thing I want to touch on before we let you go here. Uh, you guys have done something kind of interesting with your, your roster this year, which is you have what you're calling COVID-conscious uh, cost reductions for 2021. Definitely. So even before the COVID pandemic impacted racing, we had been looking at a you know dwindling number of mares bred in Maryland and just kind of the sustainability of racing our product, our stallions, and the final straw to kind of you know jump into action was the racing shutdown and the impact that it had on small business owners like us, the racing stables, the breeders who depend on those breeders' checks. And it just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, you know, Lewis and I own the farm and we manage the stallions, but we work the farm. We're not office people. I just came off the overnight bowling shift. Lewis is out mucking stalls right now. We were all on the breeding shed this morning. And just as small business owners, we appreciate the impact that COVID has had on every aspect of everything. And it's our part to try and, you know, be in this with everyone and keep this game going. It's in no way absolutely zero reflection of the quality of the stallions. It's kind of the opposite of it. But the feedback that we have received from people who are appreciative, we've been getting these calls from people that we have not dealt with before that are sending their mares because these stud fees are just kind of too good to be true for the quality of horse that you can get to. Well, that seems like a good place to leave it. COVID conscious, conscious cost reductions and an exciting roster of young stallions at Anchor and Hope. And Grace Merriman, thanks for joining me here on Off to the Races this morning. It sounds like we got to let you go get some sleep now. Yes, I am off to bed. Thank you guys very much. All right. Thank you, Nick. That was Grace Merriman of Anchor and Hope. Yeah, just a great profile of, you know, we talk to a lot of national people. We talk to a lot of regional people as well. And it's just, it's so refreshing to hear, you know, the hands-on approach that uh, so many horsemen bring to this game. You really get to see it during the live meets. Of course, Frank, you got Laurel up there at Pimlico. So you, you get a chance to be more hands-on perhaps with, with so many of these owners and, and breeders um, and horsemen. And uh, I look forward to it when Colonial Down starts racing because that's my opportunity to really talk to people that you just you know you only get to see while the meet's running and uh and so um great feature there well thank you yeah it's always fun to you know get a chance to uh you know the the horses that we tend to hear a lot about are these big national horses where it's these big corporate operations kind of thing and it's always fun to talk to people like the merrymans who are as you just heard literally hands-on every single day with the horses so uh, exciting stuff. There's there's pretty exciting stuff going on stallion wise throughout the Mid Atlantic, really. Yeah, it's certainly the the time of year to to bring it up. We look forward uh, to to your features uh, as we move through the spring. So uh, thanks for the for the feature there. We're going to actually uh, move on here on off to the races. Thanks, Frank. We'll talk to you next week. That's great. Thank you, Nick, and good luck at the windows today. Yeah, well, we're, you know where my money's going. I'm, I'm, I like Stidham. I like Proxy. So uh, that that pick is is understood as we get, go into the segment here with Derby Bill handicapping with the heavyweight here as uh, he got his Fauci ouchy earlier this month and uh, is you know hopefully everybody's staying safe and becoming safe uh, and we can move toward normal. Wouldn't it be great to see Colonial Downs? Uh, run a meet like they did in, in 2019 and in 2021. But we start today with the big guy and with the big race. The Louisiana Derby has a only a field of eight. Uh, we had Michael Stidham on earlier in the show talking about Proxy and, and the Cajun Triumphant. Hot Rod Charlie is a new player uh, to this mix. Uh, you know, this is a horse that... Uh, that finished second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and uh, ran uh, disappointing perhaps third uh, in the uh, Robert Lewis out at Santa Anita behind um, Roman Centurion who was second in Medina Spirit who won that race and um, so a field of eight but it's going to be very competitive, a key race as, as Stidham said, this will be the last start for 
these horses, if they're looking uh, towards a Kentucky Derby, it'd be very unlikely with the time left that you would see one of these horses make another start as we're six weeks away from the Kentucky Derby. So um, last opportunity there. Let's bring in the big guy, Derby Bill. And good morning, Derby Bill. I, I know you were watching horse racing yesterday. You were watching some basketball. Uh, it's a great time of year. It's it's one of my favorite you know, times of year with the basketball, you know, a, a sport that I love and the horse racing coming together, another sport I love. Um, you know, really excited uh, about racing and, and hoops this time of year. And, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts perhaps, you know, about the brackets and and uh, the Louisiana Derby today? Well, with sports wagering coming to Virginia, adding to horse racing, uh, 16 games last night, 16 games today, and five monster stakes horse races uh, on national TV, uh, two of them, the national TV, the Fairground Oaks, and the, and the Louisiana Derby, which 100 points is on the line. That's the big key today is you win today, you're in the Kentucky Derby, guaranteed uh, points-wise. It's a big 100-point race heading towards next weekend's big Florida Derby uh, uh, weekend with Santa Anita Derby in the wood. So horse racing's kicking uh, off in March Madness. Hell, I was born in March, Nick. You know it's a madness. Yeah, 61 times around the sun. You, you, you kind of brought up touching on something here. Mandaloon, 52 points. That horse should be in. Proxy might need, you know, a second or third at least, uh, 24 points uh, currently at the at the moment. And um, trying to look up Midnight Bourbon here. Uh, I'll try and do that. In, oh, here, 26 points uh, sitting in ninth. So, um, you know, that maybe Midnight Bourbon and Proxy, a second or third or even a fourth finish could could make a difference here in terms of getting into the Derby. They they might need it. Is is it seems like forty points will be the um, the threshold. It seems to have been that in the past. What do you make of you know? I, I'm on Proxy. I kind of like what they're doing. I like the way that horse runs. I have no reason to really change my pick. You know, even with the impressive effort that Mandaloon had in the Risen Star Stakes. Uh, you know, what do you? How do you break down the Louisiana Derby? It's unusual you get a, such a monster race with uh, very little speed unless it's on turf and they run in a pack together and then sprint to the finish. This is, this is that type race. I mean, there's no speed up front and a bunch of quality horses. These are a Hot Rod Charlie's 30 to 1 to win the Derby, Mandolin 16 to 1, Proxy's 45 to 1, Run Classics 100 to 1, Star in the Dreams is even 200 to 1 in the futures, and Midnight Bourbon was disappointing last time. Uh, 45 to 1 and oh, even old Bessie has a shot uh, with a 94 buyer figure in this one just quality field running late in this race you're going to have to get somebody out front and Hot Rod Charlie has a little bit of speed there he was in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile second and uh, third in the Robert Lewis so you can tell the class in this race those races are monsters Mandolin uh, just not my price at 8 to 5 and the distance, I'm, you know, a little concerned about his distance, but it, they all should get there because of the slow pace. I'm going with Hot Rod Charlie for a mild upset there, and I like your proxy horse, so uh, use them in the pick uh, pick five. They have a pick four and a pick five today, Nick, that are 750 large, guaranteed. So it's nice to look at Louisiana starting race uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, so... Lot of money down in the uh, in the uh, bayou. Yeah, well, uh, <clears throat> we'll touch on some of those other races here in a moment. Uh, kind of interesting, grindstone, which was pretty much the year I got, you know, took a big leap in the racing was nineteen ninety six. That was a horse that won the Derby uh, in ninety six. Since then. I don't see any other Derby winners uh, in this winners list here. Wells Bayou, I think, didn't even run in the Derby last. Well, uh, it might have been different circumstances. Twenty twenty, by my standards, uh, you know, won this race. Gun Runner ran well in the Derby, didn't win it, but uh, I, you know, that was um, the year with Always Dreaming. Uh, but not really, 
lot of good horses, but not really triple crown horses come out of this race for some strange reason. Um, let's go to the race right before that. Uh, the Fairgrounds Oaks is just a eight-horse field. It's led by Clarier, uh, who was impressive in the Rachel Alexander uh, in terms of the way uh, you know that horse finished. And Joe Talamo back aboard for Steve Asmussen. Uh, you know this is uh, on the. Uh, points um, for the uh, Kentucky Oaks here. So, what are your thoughts on the race run right before the uh, the uh, Louisiana Derby? Yeah, just a tidbit there. There's no Bob Baffert in the Louisiana Derby. Yeah. That all. <laughs> okay, yeah. That That's the explanation. I got you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you needed a if you needed a reason, uh, he is definitely one of them. The Prince of uh, uh, Kentucky Derby. And this race here, like uh, Clary Air, is uh, Steve Asmussen, another quality trainer like uh, Stedman, uh, has a fine horse here. And two to one would be a great price on this horse if you can get it. And I'm only using two, one other horse to try to beat him. It's called uh, Little Tootsie. Little Tootsie is, uh, um, is, I believe, four to one. Four to one. And I like the movie Tootsie. So. Little Tootsie's going to have some sentimental angle there for Tom Otis, Tom Amos, and uh, Saez can get him up if anything happens to Clarier. But if you're using a single and you pick three and pick four and pick fives, Clarier is the one. Yeah, Clarier, uh, uh, sired by Curlin. You know, I like those Curlins. And of course, uh, yeah, Baffert only won this one. We're going back to the Louisiana Derby just for a moment. Wimbledon won this race for Baffert in 2004. That's it, you know, for for whatever reason. I guess he goes to focuses on the Arkansas Derby so much. The race right before it is the Muniz Memorial Classic, a grade two, a three hundred thousand dollar race. Pretty nice field here. With uh, the, the, congratulations, by the way, to to, to the fairgrounds because they really have a nice card here. This fourteen race card with um, factor. This is in this field. Colonel Liam is in this race. We talked to Michael Stidham about Pixelate, who has a little bit longer odds with Luis Saez. Um, maybe your thoughts on the on the Muniz? Yeah, uh, like you said, the fairgrounds is awesome today. Race one at twelve twenty is a stakes race for a hundred grand. Uh, get one in before the Florida State tip off in the basketball. So, uh, what a card there at fairgrounds and the Muniz. Here, there's a horse uh, sentimental for a lot of people uh, down south. Is a horse called Cross the Border. It's really controversial right now in the uh, <laughs> political world. If you want to talk to uh, tie everything together, Ortiz is up for Michael Maker. So I'm going to cr- try to cross the border with an upset there, Nick. Uh, maybe get around that wall down there. <laughs> Yeah, cross border there is the uh, is the four horse. I kind of like factor this in this race with with Bridge Mahan there. Uh, the New Orleans features a Virginia bred chess chief bred by uh, Morgan's Ford Farm. Wayne and Susie Chatfield Taylor bred this horse and into mischief. Uh, Five year old that just keeps running, keeps on get, gathering checks. Of uh, you know uh, seems to run well into the money six to one in the morning line, but um, Asmussen has Son Man in this race. Owendale is the big favorite, another in the mischief uh, horse there, and of course uh, we talked to Stidham about Roadster, uh, a quality road horse uh, with John Velasquez aboard. A couple options here in this eight horse field. Yeah, you're going to like my final option in this race. Obviously, Owendale's a favorite with Laurent Jaroux running in uh, Louisiana. I mean, how French can you get there with Owendale as a 9-5 to choice? And he'll get bet heavily because of that, I think. So I'm going to. You're not going to be shocked, Nick. Chess Chief. The horse. Virginia bred five-year-old. This is a, just a paycheck horse. This horse comes in all the time in the money for Dallas Stewart. And you know Dallas Stewart loves upsets. And 6 to one's a juicy price, and I need some cash for the NCAA tournament. So 6-1, to Saez up on the Virginia bred upset. There you go. And, and while we have a moment here in the final minute of the show, do you have a final four in the brackets? Uh, I like, uh, I like uh, 
Who did I like? I forgot already. <laughs> Mar- uh, I'm not out yet. That's one good thing. Some people yeah, are already I, out with Ohio State, but uh, I took... Um, I took Baylor I in that took, region. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I liked Arkansas. I liked uh, all the all the number ones look pretty solid this year. I mean, if they play to their capabilities and get by the 12 seeds. So, you know, there I you took... Uh, yeah, I like Arkansas. I like... Uh, Gonzaga, obviously, everybody loves Gonzaga. He's like the secretary of the field this this year. If you put it in horse yeah. terms, but well, Dick, we'll, great we'll Derby Bill. Next week. Yep, looking forward Florida Derby next week. Thanks for your picks. Uh, Want to thank Michael Stidham, Daryl Wood, uh, Grace Merriman, Frank Vespi, and of course Derby Bill. Next week we'll talk about the Florida Derby and uh, enjoy the hoops. Enjoy the horses today. We'll see you next week. Ten o'clock post time. Your personal injury attorney.